Hi, I'm Gareth Kane. Welcome to the Net Zero Business Podcast. Okay, folks, today is our first question and answer session on the pod. The idea here is very simple. You send me your questions, your dilemmas, your problems, and I do my best to answer them. And this week's question is a humdinger, and it comes from Alice Doyle. And she asks, how do you combat climate change denial at board level? I came across this in my last role and I was quite shocked. As a result, the chief finance officer would not release budget for carbon calculator software or any engagement activity. So I was unable to do my job and really struggled making them compliant with legislation. There was also a flat refusal to listen or to try and understand the science. I'm coming across more and more resistance to change and denial, so I'm keen to find out what others think and how to get around it. Okay, climate change denial. Is it on its way up or on its way down? It's kind of impossible to judge how many people are full-on climate change deniers, but I did find some data on how many people don't think humankind is changing the climate for the worst. In almost all countries around the world, it's somewhere between 6 and 8%, the exceptions being Australia and the US, where it is 11 and 13% respectively. So that's still a small minority, but it's enough to get in your way. You know, there are enough of these people around to cause you a few problems. Obviously, various populist politicians like to feed climate science into the so-called culture wars, and the post-COVID rise of the celebrity conspiracy theorist hasn't helped either. On the flip side, the UK's premier source of climate disinformation, the Global Warming Policy Forum, has recently had a massive fall in donations and posted a substantial loss. So maybe climate change denial is becoming less popular. Okay, but what if, like Alice, you get one of these idiots in a position of power in your organisation? Well, here are my three principles. First of all, never, ever get into a debate on climate science. These guys never tire of being wrong. The same old zombie arguments keep coming back no matter how many times you kill them. It is a waste of time and effort. I know because I've been drawn into those debates far too many times myself. I once ended up arguing at length with an emeritus science professor. I had to point out he was quoting stuff he had found on the internet, whereas I was citing peer-reviewed papers. He eventually calmed down. Another person kept claiming that warming had stopped in 1998. This is because 1998 was a historically hot year. The next few were a little cooler. So if you started your measurement in 1998, you could get a flattish line. Now, that only worked for 1998. If you started your line in 1997 or 1999, the, the, the same effect wasn't found. And of course, eventually that record is eclipsed and the trend continued on upwards. But then more recently, I saw the same guy claiming warming had stopped in 2016. Another extremely hot year. You know, I, I broke my rule and asked him what happened to his 1998 claim, but of course I didn't get a reply. That was an inconvenient truth. And of course now 2023 is much warmer than 2016. So don't get bogged down in the science. My second point is to use green jiu-jitsu. Green jiu-jitsu is my approach to engagement. Instead of coming at engagement from a green point of view and trying to change people's minds, you put yourself in your audience's shoes, work out what buttons will work with them and press those buttons. The jiu-jitsu analogy is 
all about how jiu-jitsu experts use their opponent's momentum or height against them. So it's not like boxing where you try and beat the other person into submission. In this case, you know, I don't know the exact details, but at a guess, I would think about the business drivers on your organisation to take carbon seriously. Or your shareholders demanding better ESG performance. Or your customers requesting carbon information. Or your recent recruits. What are your competitors doing? Now, if it is your CFO, Chief Finance Officer, that you need to engage with, then make sure you translate everything into cash terms. How much money could you save through energy efficiency? How many tenders from buyers are demanding green performance and some of this carbon data? How, How much are those tenders worth to the business? And if it's breach of compliance make sure you work out the cost of breaking those rules. Make it all about the money, because if you're dealing with people who've spent their entire lives staring at a spreadsheet, they will want to see some cash figures. So that's green jiu-jitsu. My third idea would be to look for allies. So if particular people on the board won't listen to you, will other people on the board speak up on your behalf? Does the managing director want to break the law? That's easy. They can pull rank over the CFO and tell them to pay for what's needed. If that doesn't work, look to fellow board members because people will usually give more credence to the peers than to their juniors. Non-executive directors are an option. I had a client who got things moving via a friendly non-executive director. So don't be afraid to play a little bit of politics and speak to some people. Because remember, these people are all, all legally responsible for running the business properly. So they must act. So just to summarise those three ideas. First of all, never argue science with climate change deniers. Secondly, use green jiu-jitsu. Translate everything into language and forms that your audience will appreciate and understand. And thirdly, find allies and bring them on board. But at the end of the day, if the board won't accept the inevitable, the organisation is probably doomed. History is littered with whole industries destroyed because they refuse to see change coming down the road. In the early days of electronics, none of the big valve manufacturers survived the invention of the transistor, which rendered their products largely redundant. Kodak famously invented digital photography, decided not to pursue it, and then got cannibalised by their abandoned child. A high-carbon company will not survive in a low-carbon economy. Frankly, Alice, you're better off out of there. So I think you are right to find yourself a new job, one that matches your values and actually has a future. Okay, if you have any questions or conundrums for me to answer, go to www.terrainferma.co.uk and submit them in the contact page. Make sure you mark them, podcast Q&A. So keep fighting the good fight and see you next time. If you find this episode of the podcast interesting, please do me two wee favours. First of all, give it a five-star rating to help others find it as well. And secondly, subscribe via your usual podcast provider so you'll get every episode into the future. (music) 